2: Yo, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Same Old Arsenal Team Talk. I'm your host, Dan Potts, and tonight I am joined by my good man, Kenny Ken. Kenny, how are you doing, mate? I'm all right. Where's Kevin? Where's Robbie?
0: Where's Sophie? (laughs) Oh yeah, by the way, I just want to say one thing, right? Um, Someone has kindly offered to pay for my Wi-Fi, my broadband. So what I'm going to do is at the end of the show, I'm going to provide provide you with my... um, PayPal details, and you can pass it on to that person. I think that person's a bit too busy at the moment, because I think that person's interviewing Steve Nicol, the Liverpool legend, and rather than talk about how Liverpool are doing in the league, I think that person wants to ask them whether Arteta's the right man for the job and talk about Arsenal man. <laughs> I know, it's, it's a bit it's a bit, I know we playing we play in red, so I, so I can understand why they why Steve Nicol will go to an Arsenal show, but that person's busy, too busy to play for my broadband we're going to talk about the Arsenal. Get in.
2: We are, mate. We are. And it's good to have you with me, man. We are expecting Manny, but Manny's had some dentist problems today, so I believe. So he DIY, may sir. be I told be you late. not to
0: do DIY. They said on this morning yesterday, don't do it yourself. Expert dentist said, wait. You know, they're now seeing people. I know it It was an emergency, but if you do it yourself, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have this to get it, the dentist to sort it out.
2: If you get your black and decker out, mate, then this is what happens. <laughs> first time, yeah. This is what happens. Uh, thank you to everyone for joining us already in the chat. I hope you're all good. Um, and I hope you're looking forward to a good weekend. Ken, I want to talk to you about Arsenal because the last time we spoke, you said there was no style, there's no clear understanding of what's happening. And I was with you. But i tell you what, the last three games, I've started to understand where we're going with this team. And the reason I say that is because against Southampton United and against Wolves in the first half, Um, I saw some high press passing out from the back. I saw some passing in triangles. And it's the first time under this manager that I've actually been excited to watch us play football. And people might think that's harsh. People might think that I've been too pessimistic. And I've got a lot of stick for being negative over the last few months really under this manager but I can only go on what I'm seeing I don't want to talk about what we might be in the future I can only talk mm. about what we are now and I've seen this for the last three games and I think to myself do you know what I'm okay with what I'm seeing
0: how have you been been making it the last couple of games Ken well last couple of games I think what's happened right now is that I think the manager's learning the job he's looked at Nicola Pepe and finally said do you know what T- the lad is not un- overcomplicating how he plays. When he plays on the left-hand on the right-hand side, he overcomplicates it. Or sometimes when he comes to the pitch, he tries to overcomplicate because he feels he has to do something in order- because he won't get the ball maybe for another 10, 15 minutes. But when he plays on the left-hand side, especially on um, Tuesday and you know, the games against, the game against um, Southampton as well, it gives us that sort of balance to the team and balance to the front three. You know what I mean? It's not all soccer. It's Pepe as well, and they can interchange as well. So in that respect, it's pace. I Don't care what anyone says. If you've got skillful players at pace and they run at you, you're going to murder teams. And then when you've got someone who can actually pass the ball properly and change the tempo of it, the way we play, for instance, you know, like the continental way, slow, quick, quick, slow, and then quick again in the last third. That's how. That's what um, Smith Rose given us as well. So what Nick? What, how we played against Wolves? Best first half about. I've seen for a long, long time. Very pleased. Everything I like about football attacking, you're attacking freeze. You put the defences under pressure, you're getting behind them. That's why we we got a goal just allowed by a second, and maybe a chance after the win. Pepe's called his goal. Getting behind defenders. That's what you have to do. But also, when we didn't have the ball, we know Wolves are very, love to play the same well as us, i.e., they use their pace. They haven't got the sort of hold up play of Jimenez, but they like to play in the wings as well, but what we did really well. First thing we did, stopped the out ball, made it very difficult, and also Bellerin and Cedric held their own when Pedence and and uh, Neto were trying to you know get in get those crosses in. We weren't the we weren't allowed that happen. So overall, a great performance, and and that's what I've been, saw against Southampton. It's Maynot. I think both we paid Maynot a bit too much respect if you're asking me, and rightly so, because of May United's from the normal away record and because they've got some really good footballers at the team. But then again, May United paid us too much respect because they remembered what happened at Old Trafford when yeah. we, we crushed their style. We sat on Finanche and we also like put, made Popper do something he didn't want to do. He doesn't like tracking back. So whenever we got the ball in a turnover at Old Trafford, we were at them in waves and attacks. They didn't want it to happen again, so they put they. It was a case of canceling each other out, and any little chance each side have got, then they were taking it. So it wasn't. It was. It's a different. But I think what's happening it's all about the thinking game. Even when we went into a nine men, it's all about keeping compa- compact. Wolves assisted us as well because what Wolves did as well, they thought, you know what, we had a few bad results, so let's just get these results. Let's go to the bank. Let's put these, this 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 two one in the safe. And 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 let's all roads lead to Saturday. So it's one of those things where the team is playing well. I'm not going to say it's got an identity, but I'm seeing less square pegs running around holes, and that's yeah. why later in the show, when we have a Villa man in and we talk about Arsenal's uh, team selection, all I'm going to say to you um, for you know future reference in terms of the show, you can only have th- three players in your front three. You can't have four. And you know,
2: I'm talking Uh, about, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. And we are going to go into that. But one player I do want to mention before we go into it, Ken, is everyone talks in about Saka. Everyone's talking about Smith Rowe. Of course, they've infused the team and they've brought on the likes of Laka and and Pepe, to be fair, like you mentioned. But one player that is definitely head and shoulders above anybody on that pitch in an Arsenal shirt is Thomas Partey. I'm looking at his range of passing, I'm looking at the balance in midfield, I'm looking at how he can give us that transition. What have you made of him? He's been absolutely superb, hasn't he?
0: Well, I think what's happened is that English football's like the biggest equaliser for any footballer. You know, you look at the great players who've, who've played English football. There's no doubt that Cristiano Ronaldo has benefited and gone on to be the best player in the world because of the years he had at Man United, because of the physicality and the demise of the game. And he's taken that sort of fitness into, his, into the, you know, La Liga and into Serie A. In terms of Thomas' party, it's going to take time for Thomas because you're going to see inconsistent performances. Like we had a fantastic performance against Southampton, a very good one against um, Wolves, brilliant one if you ask me in that first mm-hmm. half. But against Man United, there were times when Thomas, uh, Thomas struggled. You know what I mean? And and that and that and that's where and that's where you're going to see a lot of it. You're, you're not going to see the best of Thomas until he's finally in tune mentally and physically into um, the team. But from what we're seeing now, we've always wanted them a, a complete midfielder and Thomas give give us that. And you know, he's brought the best out of Granite as well. Whether you think granite's gonna be a long-term prospect or not, I still think we need a lot of energy alongside Thomas in order yes, to so get the I. best out of him. Because I want us to be able to not just dominate midfields occasionally, I want to be in a situation where we can actually go to a top six side and say, Right, this is it, this is what you get go got to go through. But also, when we win that ball, we're going that way. See if you can stop us. And I think that's where Thomas is the sort of midfielder we're looking for. But performance, first 45, couldn't fault it. You really couldn't fault it. He, you know, he definitely gives us, he's definitely, I don't think he's the brain of the side yet. But because still, I still see him as a sort of a player who's more of a, a, a wrecker and a disruptor rather than someone who can construct. Obviously, you look at the long passes, and and they're very accurate. And blah blah. blah. But he has been playing in Spanish football, where you have to be good technically to survive in that league. Now, I'm not saying Lucas Torreira isn't good technically, but you you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, I do. We've got we, we've got someone who's who's playing under a great manager and playing in a great league, so we expect that. But I think there's more to come from Thomas.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think what I've seen so far from Thomas Partey has is, is kind of really pleased me, but he's still not even 100% fit. So how good can he be when he gets that running games and gets that balancing? I've been watching a player for about six, seven weeks now, Ken, who I knew not much about. I saw him last season, but we were heavily, heavily linked with him. And I've been watching him as much as I can. And I like what I see. Bissouma this kid looks like he's got the real sort of potential to be something really good in this league. And we've been heavily linked with him. Do you think that is a signing that could slot next to Thomas Party and bring us that kind of energy, but also that kind of tenacious sort of bull
0: terrier at your ankles type player? Well, the thing about it is that we thought we had that um, with um, Lucas Torreira. In terms of like, we were very pleased with him, that he was this... Um, t- technically, we thought he was okay. We thought he was um, going to be the DM and he's going to make those sort of tackles. But I think the lad thought probably wanted more to his game. But I think in Bazuma, he's something, a player that, yeah, potentially is going to be very good for us. But I look at Basuma and I thought, right, I want. I prefer, there's someone better than Basuma, who's probably arguably at the moment better than Tate, um, Partey. I look at Ndidi and I think, well, I want him instead of Basuma. I know Bazuma's playing really well, playing out his skin. And, you know, he's, he's trying to emulate... Um, what we see from Conte, you know, the free lungs, you know, a tackler, um, someone who can, you know, protect his defence, but also someone who could give us some energy from both sides of the pitch, he's trying to do that. I'd like to see more goals from him, if you don't, you know what I mean? Because we do see the odd yeah. goal from, from um, not so much from Partey, but from Conte. But in terms of that, yeah, that would be a fantastic signing for, for Arsenal Football Club. And there's no doubt, if we don't get him, Man United and Liverpool will. Yeah cuz that's
2: that's, I, I, that's something that they're missing. I I totally agree and and I think that position there is more important, believe it or not, and it might be an unpopular opinion. Is more important than our creative midfielder because I think that we are always going to be stuck with the Granite Chacker as a real nennies of this world, otherwise. And I think we need to move on from them as much as Granite Chacker has been great. He has been the last three games; he's been absolutely superb. I'm just waiting for the day where he mucks up because I know it's going to happen, and I need players that aren't going to make the same mistakes week in,
0: week out, year in, year out. Do you know what I mean? Well, the thing on, about Granite, the thing about Granite as well, you've got to realize one thing, right? Is that Granite's Granit's relationship with the fans is over now. Forget it, OK? All this stuff about him wanting to say, sorry, forget it. It's not going to happen. As far as he's concerned, he has no time for it, me, you or any other fan. We cost him the captaincy as far as he's concerned. Not only did we cost him the captaincy, we collectively made his life hell under Una Emery and then certain people took it to another level when they insulted his family. So, he's got no love for the club. He's just playing his football, trying to enjoy his football as best he can. You know, there's no doubt he's probably thinking, right? I've given this club everything, but I've had enough now. I'm going to want to go to, you know, maybe Germany, Italy, or, or a slow-paced league where maybe go to a club where i would more appreciate. So you're going to get your way one way or another. Maybe this season, the season after that, because because it's not a long-term with granite. So no. But I do agree with you. We want. I want better than granite. I know Granit's going well. I like what granite can give us. I like the fact that granite's intelligent, that when, when Saka goes walkies, he goes at the left back. I like the fact that he helps out the fence and blah, blah. But the problem is, is that we want it, we, we're want We only seeing it now. We should have been seeing that from day one. You know what I mean? Yeah, Game 100%. That, that could have been, because of Arsene Wenger, you know, he's sort of go out and play mentality and go out and enjoy yourselves. I don't need to teach you how to play football because you're good players. You know, Liverpool match under Bob Paisley where, you know, Graeme Sunez, Johnny Barnes, you ask them, they'll say that they, ne- they never um talked about tactics. They just, in training, it was just five of size, good players, showed the intensity, took it into a match, and they all worked it out themselves. That's how Wenger managed. A lot of the, older, the old so-called great coaches managers, but now it's a ball manager, and I think that's what Granite was missing from his time. And also, Uno Emery tried to be a blackboard manager, but you've got, you know, like Paul Chops, like, you know, um, or do uh, I say, bad eggs, who have now left the football club, frankly, who undermined the manager and made his his, his time at the football club untenable after Baku. But in terms of what he's saying, granted, not long term for me.
2: No, and, and I totally 100% agree with the Granite Shacker situation. Let's bring it back to Arteta, Kenny, because m- myself and well, both of us really um, have not been 100% convinced by the manager of what we're seeing on the pitch. But mm. it looks like the board and the owners and a certain amount of the fan base are willing to back this guy. So whether we want him here or not, mm. it looks like he's here to stay. So I look at what I saw in the transfer window. Okay, and it pleases me, and I'm not mm. talking about it being an excellent, exceptional window like some people were saying it was like a 10 out of 10 window because I think we all wanted to see somebody coming, incoming. In, we got Martin Erdegaard and we got Matt Ryan who looked to be two okay signings, mm. but the main thing for me was the outgoings: the Meza Özil, mm. the Socrates, the Kalasenac, and the Mustafi. Is that positive for you to see that Arteta is kind of on the same wavelength as the fans in terms of them not being a part of the of the process and some of the others keeping them in the in the in the process. Did you make of it as as a good window?
0: Well you look at it this way for a lot of fans it's a great window because a lot of these players are much maligned and if they're not much maligned, they divide opinion and that one player is is still lamented by the football club. They still what the, the player we're talking about, they're still um how do I say it? A caucus of fans who feel that um, there was some sort of injustice done for him, that he was not um, retained because of um, non-footballing reasons. They still hang by that, which is so they're coming out all, all sorts of fiction and um, you know, like scripts from um, Walt Disney to support their opinion. But in terms of what Mikel's done in letting these guys go, people like myself said, "What took you so long, mate? It was blatantly obvious when Unai was at the club that these like had to go." It was so obvious when Mikel um, took over you know, last December that this had to happen. And one of the issues I had with Mikel is that you know this, and everyone in running football, knows the situation. What Mikel did, which I disagreed with, is he tried to change them, tried to get them to, to come to the, to the party and blah, blah, and wasted valuable time. People, yeah, I agree. Arsenal fans, Arsenal fans generally believe, and who, who am I to tell them how to support their football club? I don't pay for their sales and tickets. You know, I don't even pay for the merchandise. I can't afford to do it, and I certainly don't want them to pay for my season ticket. Even if they are offered me to do it, offer me to do things to, to earn my keep, I'm not going to ask. Them. That's not going to happen. All I'm trying to say with Mikel, in terms of what he's in what he's done, by keeping his players for, you know, most most of his reign, he's waste he's wasted valuable time. He's wasted a year and a half. Not only that, the process that everyone seems to talk about. People need to rewire their thought process. Stop talking about this process being Mikel's thought process and look at the bigger picture. We wanted Arsene Wenger out of the football club because he wasn't challenged the title. The board sacked Arsene Wenger because of two things. Because of non-attendance by fans and because we were out of the Champions League for the second season in succession. So the process started in April 2018, which means... It's not Mikel's process, it wasn't Unai's process, it's the process, i.e., project re-entry back into the Champions League, project re-entry back in the big time challenging. That started in April 2018. Now, someone like myself and you who are not sure about Arteta, right, are not going to join into the, ca- the you know cavalry of people saying, well done, great window, we got rid of the dead wood. We wanted that done before, because if we did that then like a big manager have done, then we may, we may have seen the fruits of labour, We may be challenging because West Ham are doing it, right? They're challenged from the top four mathematically and they're winning games. Our rivals, who we laugh at, are still un- annoyingly above us. Just think about the time wasted. All right, you can't cry over spilt milk, but that is where people like myself are thinking, well, we're not convinced about his methods and about his, his man management and his judgment, but he's got until May, all right, to turn us around. But you've got to realise right now, we're in a results business, you know. I ask all Arsenal fans this question all the time and they never give me a definitive answer because I understand the situation that, you know, why, why look forward and expect the worst, but is it a successful season if we don't win a trophy and we finish below eighth next season? That is the question that you're going to ask, I'm going to ask. Obviously, people are still behind me coming up, But you always know that in football and in life, especially politics, you have people who sit in the fence. You have floating voters, right? The floating voters might turn if they don't see, if they don't count, um, you know, um, getting rid of Ozul, Mustafi, Socrates, you know... Um, you know, getting in and party, it's progress if we don't finish getting to Europe and finish below eighth place. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not the bad guy here.
2: But no, I do to the know messenger. what, I it's think, facts. I think, I think you're spot on. And you know, I'm going to bring this comment in. We've got a Man United fan watching this here, and he's saying, What counts for Arsenal and Mikel as progress, considering you've been told to trust the process? I think that's a great question. And the reason I say that, I'm going to ask you this, Ken. There's a lot of talk about Arsenal's season. Unai Emery was sacked because we weren't going to get anywhere near top four. It didn't seem like. So when it comes to us not looking like we're going to get anywhere near top four this season, um, Surely it looks bad news for Mikel Arteta. So what looking at this table now would be, or this season now, should I say, would be success for Arsenal, Ken?
0: Well, the thing is, right, I know I come out of a lot of analogies, right? We've got 16 football matches, but I'll tell you one thing, the more important football matches, we're going to war 16 times. We're going to war, we're going to battle, All right. You look at that table and you look at the situation, teams, everyone's beating each other. The team that stays most consistent in the next 16 games from our position all the way up to probably third, good things will happen for them. We have to believe and not be perturbed by the opposition we're going to play. Yes, we've got Aston Villa, but Aston Villa got turned by West Ham. They've got a lot of ball players on their side, but they they don't have a DM and a crusher. We've got crushers. Then we've got Leicester. We've got to beat, we've got to play Tottenham, we've got to play Man City, we've got to play Liverpool, who may be going for the title of Europe as well. So, we've got to think about these bigger pictures. This is the test of the process, right? No excuses. Yeah. Last week, when I was on your show, I got shouted down by excuses. Oh, well, we, we're we not gonna get top four, we can't get top six. Um, because Leicester's got a better squad than us, Man United's got a better squad than us. Oh, excuses, no. No, we're going to war, all right? We've still got a chance mathematically. I don't think, I don't personally, if you ask me off camera, do you think we could do it? Maybe not. But I'm, I'm going to battle tomorrow expecting and demanding and bleeding for a win. And that's how we've got to look at it. If we're playing well and you people think that we've got this new system where everyone knows their jobs and we've got less square pegs round around holes, then, bas- then what we need to do is think positively and let's see what it takes us. Yes, I'm gonna be mad and you know, kicking the cat, want to kill you as well if you lose. But 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 it but yeah I still bleed for that win. I'm still not giving up this season. I don't think it's gonna happen, but whilst we're playing well and whilst we've got players who can hurt the opposition, let's see where it takes us. (laughs) Really
2: I think mean, that's spot on. Listen, I don't have the faith that we're going to get in the top four. I don't think we've got consistency and I don't think we've got the squad that's particularly strong enough with a couple of injuries because we're bringing in the Williams and stuff like that. However, of course, we've got to try and win as many games as possible. My only thing was this, game, Europa League, OK? Hmm. Would you rather win the Europa League and have something to show for coming into the Champions League with a trophy, or would you rather just come top four? Because I don't understand this mentality of just getting in the top four, because fourth place doesn't win you anything at all. It gives you a Champions League spot, which is what the Europa League does, but you have a trophy and you're European champions. Surely you would rather win the Europa League and the trophy and come eighth or ninth or whatever it be than just come fourth. I would rather win a trophy because it's all about trophies for me. Otherwise, why are we laughing at Spurs for not winning them?
0: <laughs> That's their I make mentality. Right. I make, and I do make you right that trophies is very much. But we've won trophies. We've won the FA Cup since 2014. we won it four times with a record FA Cup holders. We've been in a final every year since 2017. But the thing is, is that whether you like it or not, in order to garner your, pro- your progress and feel like you could challenge for that league. You have to do well in the, in the league. You have to get someone like top four because obviously the top four, it gives you enough money to spend on players. You know, let's face it, we've got no crowds, right? And we're probably mm-hmm. not going to get crowds for much of next season. So what, we've got, what we're going to need is the money and the TV money and advertising that Champions League brings us. and Because we can't rely on that that, um, the TV deal or sponsorship deals because they've already paid us until we renegotiate and who, who knows, maybe crowds will come back. And so what we're looking at now is to try and get Champions League across Let's face it right, they're trying to revamp the Champions League in 2024. Why are they revamping the Champions League? Because Arsenal, AC Milan and, and clubs like May United are not in it consistently as they have before because they don't want us to go and form a Europa League. Uh, sorry, a European Super League. Now, let me tell you something. Now, everyone at Arsenal, behind that four walls, won a European super, super League because it gives you £310 million. All right? Don't believe all this. Oh, we want to bat in the football. And you think Liverpool and um, May United are playing for this. They're all at it. So getting as high as you can in the league is more important for an actual cup. But for me, in the glory, I haven't seen this win a European trophy since Copenhagen. So I want the glory. And I know I want Champions League football. And I want to go in the Champions League because I know there's a lot of fans we are, mm, are you getting the Champions League for? We're crap in there. We're not going to win it. What sort of attitude is that? Awful. I want Arsenal, you want to compete I, with the best. I want to compete with the best. I want Arsenal to go to, to the Allianz Arena and, that, and, and believe they can win there. Because Bayern Munich, you don't just let Bayern Munich come and beat you. I want, you think I'm having Leipzig, a bloody drinks company, playing the Champions League instead of my, my boys. Nah, I can't, can't, I can't stomach that. I've been following oh, that for a game. long time. So what we need to do is that if we get in the top wall, that's fantastic. But I, I don't want no shallow boxing, right? Shallow boxing just is something I do in a mirror when, I, when I'm when i having a fight with the next-door neighbour in my me, in me head or having a fight because someone on Twitter called me a pork chop. That's shallow boxing. <laughs> the real stuff is getting amongst it and having a go. Don't just... Make up the numbers like we did on the scene and get them only one final, one semi, semi-final. Let's have a go. You have to be in it to win it and that's why top four winning European trophy is brilliant for me. But in terms of top four, you start at top four and you go, it gives you that belief to think, right, we've got a top four. What's next after top four? Challenge for the title winning it. And that's why there's going to be 50-50 in terms of like what people think about a top four or win a trophy. You have to Aim high. Set your stance higher, you know? Yeah. Arsenal Arsenal, mediocre done. is done, right? The board have appointed the novice because that was their me- mediocre mindset and they're building them up to something I think it's not. Well, go on. Go and entertain me, Mikel. Show me what you're made of. Put those big words down my throat and i, I swallow it. Uh, shut me up Mikael that's all I want you to do shut me up I've been
2: saying the same shut, shut me up and tell me that you have played a style and he has we're now starting to play a bit of a style I hope it continues I'm not getting excited yet but I'm hoping that it continues what I am doing though is enjoying our football so how oh, long may it continue before we bring our Villa guest on Ken and start talking about the game um, at the weekend do you think that we can with this team go all out in the Europa League and win?
0: well the thing about it is that it's, you, you can't look too forward. It's the next game, it's Benfica. Yeah. They've got great pedigree in Europe and they've got to, they've got, they haven't won a European show for a while but they've got a bit closer. You know, the last time I remember in the Europa, Europa League final they lost, Vanovic scored a last minute header in the 93rd minute <laughs> for Chelsea. So they've got pedigree and they're, you know, they've got, you know, they've got a reputation and we have to get past that obstacle and then we look at the last sixteen. And then we start worrying about. Oh no, we got. We're probably going to play IX. Probably going to play um, um, international now. And we're probably going to play Man United and Leicester. But let's not talk about that. Let's just think about um, Benfica, Benfica. One game at a time. And remember, as I say, I say we're not playing football. We're going to war. So we're going to war against Benfica. Let's not think about the next sort of battles. You know, you have a bit of jungle wars like in Vietnam. One war at a time
2: mate I love it absolutely love it and after this short ad break we are going to introduce you to our Aston Villa friend and fan West Cork Beard Company make beard oil and beard balm for a strong healthy great looking beard handmade from all natural ingredients in Tonic West Cork Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice. Or catch them online at Westcorkbeardcompany.ie It is my absolute pleasure to welcome back again Chris from Villa Together. Chris, how you doing, bro?
1: Yeah, good mate. By yourself?
2: Yeah, very good, man. Uh not too bad at all. Trying to uh Well, soak up as much as we can of this football, but this is a crazy, crazy season. Uh, Chris, please meet Kenny. Ken, Kenny. I don't know if you've met Chris before.
0: I don't know. Last time I saw uh, Chris, he didn't seem too confident about Villa's chances. But I managed to, I managed to try see if I could avoid him after, after the ninety minutes of the Emirates, because I think we got we got absolutely bodied by them at at the Emirates. And I think I think they're playing to right now. I think they've scored their tenth goal by then.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, mate. It was not a good night for Arsenal. But Kenny, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to bring Chris in on a bit about Aston Villa because for me, Aston Villa's uh, summer was fantastic. The signings they got have clearly worked out well. Aston Villa are a good side. They're a good outfit now. And considering they only got um, a scraped kind of relegation um, fight last season, they're looking like a good side. Although of late, it's looked a little bit inconsistent. Ken, what do you make of this game coming up at the weekend against Villa, mate?
0: Well, the thing about Villa, I look at, I looked at their team that they played against West Ham, and I just saw players who were very good on the ball. I didn't, I couldn't identify a DM or someone who was a crusher who could win that ball back. Yet West Ham had crushers who basically looked at, right, I'm going to mark him because he he he's their brain on this side. We're not going to give him any room, and what we're going to do is that on a turnover, we're going to hit him and take him by surprise. And that's how it looked to me when I saw the game. I look at Aston Villa. All I see is players that I love watching. You know, people talk about Grealish, but they forget that McGinn's your the actual brain of your team, and you've got Douglas Luiz, who's a good baller, but he tries to do that sort of a that crusher, you know, sort of DM work that I like. And then you've got players like Barkley, who gives you an extra dimension. You've got also El Ghazi, who a lot of you Villa fans, are not you know, 50-50 about. And then you've got Watkins, you know, finally got a striker. You put the ball in there. Greenish, we were you talking about. But the play, and you've got Cash at right back, who I like. but the player that always goes under right radar is Matt Target, because I look at it, Matt Target was a menace at the Emirates, an absolute menace down at left hand side. Matt Target, Barkley, Greenish, and then Ollie Watkins at numbering and sort of um, having two spare men against um, Rob Holding and Be- Be- Behr in that that right hand our right-hand side, which I think Villa, if they try to attack that and play at the pace, that's where they can hurt us. But you also got a player that might not get a game in you know, triore as well, who, again, the penny's finally dropped in that respect. So, from a purist point of view, I'm looking forward to the game. But I'm thinking, if we stop these teams from playing, with our pace and a turnover, and our directness as well, I think that we can we've got a chance of getting suitable revenge.
2: Yeah, I agree, Ken. And Chris, I'm going to bring you in because Kenny's brought up some good points there about players that have been playing well for you this season. Obviously, Conza and Mings at the back have formed a good partnership and we all know about Emmy Martinez in goal. So what's been happening in the last few weeks, Chris? It's not been as good for you. A few strange results here and there. What's been going on?
1: Um, well, we've lost four of our last six, which, you know, on the face of it, you think, oh, it's not great. I think if you look at it in isolation, um three of those four defeats are against uh United City and then West Ham. Um so you know, the, the top two effectively West Ham are having a good season as well, fifth in the league. Um the other one um was against Burnley, which was a bit of a, a bit of a shocker, a bit of a surprise. It was really real game of two halves Um but in all fairness, we 2021, our form has been very indifferent. Um We've we've not been as good as we were last year, um, or, or certainly you know back end of last uh, back end of last year, um, and I think I think it, you know you've got to take into consideration the the COVID situation we had. So what was it first second week of January? Uh, nine players, five staff members had COVID, and, and you know, but by by no stretch of imagination, you know, I'm you know I'm kind of blaming that. Um, Because in all fairness, a lot of the teams have outplayed us. But I think it has some impact in terms of our fatigue. We've looked completely out of sorts in terms of the running. I think you a perfect example, when you look at our running, would have been the game of the Emirates. Um, Without the ball, we we kind of set up like a 4-4-2. Barkley pushed up alongside Watkins and and we pressed your defence. And a lot of time, you, you, you had to play the ball long. We won it back. Um, and, and we were able to kind of, kind of get at you. Um, we haven't done that so much recently. Uh, Barkley has come back into the side. He missed seven games of injury. He's come back in. He looks, he looks certainly off the pace um, quite a bit. In all fairness, and um, yeah, we, we we just think of, I, th- I think we we just struggling to find our rhythm a bit. But if it is, you know, in all fairness, it's our first, you know, blip so to speak of the season. Um, and if, if if that's the case, then you know. So be. It. We've, we've had a great start. If we if we lose a few, you know, we are losing against, like I said, you know, three of the four defeats are against the top six. Three, you know, three teams in the top six. Then it is what it is. But it's going to be interesting in game, I think. You know, tomorrow because I think you guys certainly um, are playing a lot better. I watched the game against Wolves, and you know, certainly until Louise got sent off, you would have bet better team by far. So it's going to be interesting because I suppose we're not playing great football at the moment. We, we were pretty poor against West Ham. Um, we were poor against Southampton, but got, got the three points anyway. Um, and then obviously there was the the, the Burnley game where, it's, it's prompt, ironic, it's probably the best football we played this year. Uh, first half, we were brilliant. Um, and then we just completely messed it up second half. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting just to see kind of what, what level both teams are at at this point in the season.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. And it has been strange the last few games for Aston Villa and it's probably a good time to play you. I just don't have the consistency with this Arsenal side to to take that the advantage of that at the moment. Um, Ken, let's come to you. Jack Grealish, we've got to mention him. Um, absolutely outstanding footballer and one of the best in the league. I'd absolutely love to see him in an Arsenal shirt. I really would. I think he's absolutely top class. I don't have the confidence still. Kenny, that Bellerin and Holding are going to do anything different than what they did at the Emirates because I thought they were both poor. The only saviour in front of them is that it's going to be Saka and not Willian. Do you think that we can try and keep Jack Greedish quiet or is it going to be a case of trying to hack him to keep him
0: quiet? Well, I think what's happening is that obviously our right hand side is still one of our weakest sides in terms of teams attacking us and I think you know, obviously before Villa it was Man City who actually identified that weakness but if you look at the games I think Bellerin some some you know, like something's going into that brain where he's kind of holding his own. But what 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 I haven't seen is overlaps and overloads. Now, I still have concerns that Villa are still gonna be have those sort of overloads. Where have they got the confidence to try and do that because of what happened against West Ham? And where where are their mindset is to think, you know what, well, let's just forget about what happened against um, West Ham. Let's it's Arsenal's a different game. We've already turned them over. They play with confidence, get on the front foot. And I've got great concerns about how we're going to deal with that. Because again, I see Rob Holding as a left-sided centre half, or dare I say, it, in a you know, a back three. That's where he plays his best football. But his performances have improved, you know, obviously since Chelsea, where again, he he a penny is, is dropping for him and positionally he was as well. So that is where I think may, maybe maybe. Um, maybe you know we we may we may hold our own there, but I'm not I'm not you know sort of um, going to put my house and saying that's going to happen because I still you know look at Villa and I still think that's their best way of hurting us. In terms yeah. of Greenish, bloody hell, he's unplayable, isn't he? I mean, I mean, I, I shake his hand. I shake his hand because he could have left you guys to go to Spurs um, when you're in the Championship, not winning the playoff matches against uh, Fulham. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> But, but, but you know, for him to play for his hometown club, to get international re- recognition, on his day, he could be playing in Spain. For one, and Juventus. He could play for Juventus, Barcelona, Real Madrid because they that he's a, that's the sort of player that they're looking for, someone who can get the ball, run, and dribble past players. You don't see many players like Jack. You know, and, you know, I think... Uh, you know, I don't think um, people like Mick McCarthy and Martin O'Neill will be too happy for, for his sides a la Declan De- De- Rice. But for England, it's fantastic because we finally got someone who can actually run at, run at teams from midfield, beat his man and bring other players into play, not players who are technically good and look blah, blah. You know, it's all good. But personally, I like to bloody, you know, send him... Um, a nice um, big plate of Chinese, put a bit of a sleeping tablet in it, and he doesn't play tomorrow.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, mate. I'm exactly the same. Uh, Chris, I'm going to bring you in on this question, which is from Lee Catlow. Thanks for watching again, Lee. Top man. Would Jack Grealish come to Arsenal? Intrigued to hear an Aston Villa point of view. Take the emotion out of it. If we put the money on the table and Villa go, we have to accept this. Is Jack Grealish going to be happy to leave and come to Arsenal, do you think? No.
1: Why do you think that is? I think, you know, what Kenny said, he could play for, you know, some of the top sides. And, you know, Arsenal at that moment um, just aren't there. Uh, And I think, I suppose you look at it two things at the moment. You know, the the league at the moment, how it is going to be. You know, I know Arsenal, you know, Premier League era have obviously been much better than Aston Villa. You know, they've got a history of success in the last, obviously not recently, but in the Premier League here, obviously, titles, etc. But right now, you're looking at this season, you know, obviously, we're, we're, I think, just above you in the league. There's not a massive difference between us in the the league standings. You know, you probably say on the face of things that we could probably end up finishing higher than you guys, but if it does, and then you look at it from the other side, if it does come down to money, um, I can't see... Arsenal being a team that would pay what we would accept for Jack because you're looking at what,
2: what would you expect 80 to 100 something silly like that or because he's English isn't he
1: yeah I think so I think you look at it from one of them it's it's I mean you can look at it from the point of view as if you looked at him in isolation with you know the kind of similar kind of players you know as you say like you know English attacking midfielders or English wide men you're probably looking at he's probably worth at least 60 million, but then you take into everything else that the value that of what he is to Aston Villa, then, you know, you'd certainly go closer to the hundred million Mark. Um, and I think in all fairness, because of how important he is, he's our captain. He's also, you know, he's gone up levels this season. You know, he's shown that he can do it internationally against best team in the world. Um, he's, he's, I think he's the third player this season in the league to reach double figures in terms of, of assists behind Harry Kane and Kevin De Bruyne. Those two are, you know, clearly two of the best players in the league. So for Jack to be up there in that company, it shows he is one of the best players in the league. So you'd be looking at at least 100 million, I think. Um, And, and, and you know, we, we've got two, two billionaire owners. So, you know, you're looking at it would have to really, really be big. And again, if you, if you look at the kind of, you know, I suppose traditionally over the years, you look at the likes of, you know, all the, the kind of good players we had in the late nineties, the players we had in the, you know, the two thousands and the Martin O'Neill who ended up leaving. There's a big part of that would have been jumping ship to, to go and play in Europe, to go in and do bigger things and, and probably financially as well. But I think the financial side, take that away from it. He could he could earn what he whatever he wanted to at Villa. I think the only thing that could could push him to leave or, or could kind of sway the decision would be if he was going and knew that he was going to be playing maybe regular Champions League football. So I think realistically, you'd be looking at the top top boys if he was going to leave. Because you know, I think maybe last season he could have maybe thought, Do you know what, I'm going to, I need to leave because I need to get in England side, and it's not happening for Aston Villa. But obviously, he's getting in England, not only getting in England squad now, but he's getting in England, you know, the England starting eleven. And you know, he, he's shown that he can be one of the best players. I think pretty much every game he's played, he's been one of the better players on the pitch. So it's just that European football thing that he's kind of missing from his game at the moment. And I think he mentioned the other day, and there was an interview, uh, and, and they were talking about expectations for the season. He said, I didn't expect us to be doing as well as we have been this season. I thought, you know, we'd be kind of, you know, 14th, 15th in the league. And obviously we we could still well finish there, but we've got the opportunity to push on and potentially finish well in the top half. And I think he, it seems like he's he's signed up to, the long-term project, but we all know what footballers are like, and at the end of the day, money possibly just come into things. But I think these days it seems like Champions League football seems to be the big thing. So I think that's that's probably the main area where, if it was coming to, to leaving the club, where Arsenal would probably fall short.
2: Fair enough. Couple of uh, comments I'm going to throw up here. If party sign for Arsenal, I'm sure Jack Grealish would and Albert in the chat. Big up Albert. He said Chris. Give us Jack Grealish and we'll give you Nenny and Guendouzi. <laughs> we, we
1: we had we had this conversation last night and it's not happening. I think you said you'd give us William and ten million as well, but still not happening.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think you'll uh, want to swap deal with any of our players. That's for sure, unless it was a Thomas party or a Aubameyang on form maybe. Um, Kenny, let's come back to you and let's talk about this Arsenal team news before we move on to Aston Villas. Ken, I have this nasty feeling that our going to play tomorrow. What do you reckon?
0: I'm against it. I'm really against it because, you know, as I said at the start of the show, only three, only four players can't play in your front three. And if you look at you look at the way, the way I want the team, I want Nicola Pepe to play on that left-hand side because I want someone who's going to be direct, who's going to um, run at cash and, and basically put crosses on a plate for Lacazette, which Nicola's capable of doing. I want Saka on that right hand side because I want that change of pace, you know, to run it to, to run run it, run at the Villa defence, keeping them occupied. I want him to keep Matt Target occupied. I don't want Matt Target going going right down that down, down our right hand side like he did the Emirates. So I want Saka to be in that sort of position. Lacazette holds the ball up. He's playing his best football for quite for quite a while. He's scoring goals. One of the things you want from your centre forwards is the ability to hold on to the ball, the ability to pay when you back the goal. Now Oba can't do that. Oba is not that sort of centre forward. Oba is a centre forward who can play on the left-hand side where he's been very good for us, where he could where he can ghost into the box from the left-hand side or surprise defenders by by making late runs at the box and getting his tappings in. Unfortunately, we're not playing that way for that way. We're not Good enough. Teams have sussed us out. That you know, this the way we played um, to win the FA Cup and to win the Community Shield. You know, oh yeah, let's put ten men behind the ball and let's play a little out ball down the right hand side. Play cross field pass over. You know, he's on. Comes out of nowhere. Get gets on his right foot, bang in the corner net. Teams have smelt that and, and extinguished that. So it's no, it's no, it's not sl- slagging off over. It's just that I want more balance in my team. I'm not going to live that Smith Rowe as well. Who's, who's who's basically changed the tempo of our attacks as well. Where yeah. he gets the ball, and we start playing. So, and then with either a pass or when he runs the ball, the whole tempo comes. And you can see it—the thinking of our front three. Right, he's got the ball. He's an accurate passer. Let's let's run at that defense. He starts all that. No spell over. Oh, he's going to have to wait his turn. You know what I mean? We're in a results business. Horses of and courses. And right now that horse isn't right, right for that course. You know, there's going to be other wars, mate. You know, we're going at war after Villa. Maybe the other wars and the other battles you can get in. But t- tomorrow, with the balance of the team and continuity, Oba don't get a game for me.
2: I have to agree. And I think that Aubameyang needs to come back in at some point because of his quality but he has been out form I think there's some mental problems obviously we heard about the the illness of his mum so I hope that he's in a better headspace now and I do hope that he can push himself into this um, team however I don't think that we can change our front three at the moment I think Pepe's proven that he can be a handful on the left I think Lacazette has been infused by the introduction of Saka and Smith Rowe and he's definitely finding some form again Saka on that right gives us that balance which we've so lacked and been so lopsided in the past um, um, probably seasoned, to be honest, on that right-hand side. And Smith-Rowe has just been superb. And I think that he could be a potential Jack Greedish in the future. I think Thomas Partey and Granite Xhaka will continue in centre midfield. I think that Gabriel will partner holding due to Luis's suspension. I think that Bellerin will continue at right-back and Cedric will be at left-back. And I believe that the last two days, Matt Ryan has trained and he is fit. So Runnison will hopefully not being goal. And I don't want to be harsh on the lad because he has only just come into the side and he's not, you know, of course he's going to come to Arsenal from Dijon. But the last couple of games I've seen him, he's looked shaky. So Matt Ryan coming in as a signing, I think will be good enough to play now that Leno is out. So that's what I expect the team to be. I don't expect many shocks. However, it would not surprise me if Aubameyang goes and plays on that left-hand side ahead of Nicolas Pepe. I don't want to see it. But Mikel Arteta does do some strange things like that. In terms of team news for yourself, Chris, let's come to you. What is the Aston Villa team supposedly going to be, please, mate?
1: I mean, I, I say it's a tough one. There's there's just there's probably a, a toss up in a couple of areas. Um, I think possibly because of, of how we played the other night against West Ham. Um, goalkeeper, back forward will stay the same. So obviously Martinez in goal, cash cons and Ming's target, that'll be as it is. I think it's unlikely um, that Douglas Luiz will, will drop out because he's our only kind of—I say he's our only proper DM. He's our most progressive DM um, that we need that we need to have in the side that allows us to play. Um, obviously, Jack Grealish will likely be on the left. Um, El Ghazi was on the right uh, on Wednesday and he, he was pretty poor, so I imagine Traore will come in. The area I think that there could be changes is central midfield. we bought brought in Morgan Sanson from uh, Marseille, who's a good footballer. Um, probably a bit too soon for him to start, in all fairness. But midfield recently, we've looked really, really poor. Um, slow, sluggish, um, you know, poor in possession. The, the main thing is that the pressures haven't been there. We, we've not been putting teams under pressure as much as we used to. And it's, you look at two of the West Ham goals, um, I mean, you will You probably argue all three of the West Ham goals. Our um, midfield, you could put some blame to them, whether it be John McGinn not, not kind of getting back, uh, Barkley not tracking his runners, and the ball just is coming straight from from it was coming straight back from Watkins through the middle. Um, probably will be McGinn and Barkley. It depends how we set up as well, because I think um, <clears throat> against West Ham we were more of a um, more of a kind of a four-three-three. So. Douglas, Louise in front of the back four, McGinn and Barkley as two eights in front of him. Whereas what we've been playing prior to that was Louise and McGinn sitting with Barkley as a 10, Grealish and Traore either side, Watkins up top. I think we might revert back to that. So Barkley's a 10, uh, Grealish, Traore either side, McGinn dropping deeper because we just see midfield has been poor this year, but we were just woeful the other night. And I just think. but I just think he just needs to kind of get that balance back in terms of just offering more support for Watkins and the only way we can do it really is Barkley. Um, I imagine he's unlikely to drop Barkley. The only, the other change could be no Barkley. Grealish goes back in as number 10 and Traore comes in on the left. Uh, sorry, El comes in on the left, Traore on the right. Uh, potential for Trezeguet as well. He's a good player. Uh, he, he played at the Emirates and he, he helped stretch the, stretch the play in all fairness. Um and he started the season really well, but he'd been injured for a while. So I don't expect too many changes, because in all fairness, we haven't had many changes this season. There's been a core 12, 13 players that we've used. And it, it, it in all fairness, it has worked quite well. But I think there's times, sometimes, if you rotated it a bit more, then we may have been able to kind of go to our bench a bit more often and, and use our squad depth. But I reckon that's what it'll be. So Martinez, Cash, Conza, Mings, Target, Louise and McGinn sitting, Barkley in front, Grealish, either right side. Watkins up top. That's that's what I reckon. I'll put my money on that.
2: Fair play. That's a good side as well, to be fair. There's going to be some players there that will certainly cause us some problems. And we've mentioned some of them, Chris, so I'll stay with you. Who do you think, from that Arsenal team news, is going to cause you some problems?
1: Um, I think you'd have to kind of say Saka. Um, he's, fought, he's He's obviously in good form, I think, was he's got four in his last seven possibly. Um he's adding goals to his game. Um he's a good player. I've always rated him. I think uh, I said this last night with with uh, with Albert and some of the guys. I think the, the key thing for Saka is that what Arteta's done is he's found the best position for him. Obviously when he came through he's probably a bit more of a left back or a left wing back. Um obviously more more higher up the pitch as a, as a winger it probably suits him. I think coming off the right as well suits him better. Um so he he's going to be a threat I think coming up against um probably come up against Matt Target, so that, that pace getting in behind. Um I mean Smith Rose played quite well as well, so it depends how he how he plays because I think looking at our midfield, especially the other night, we're just lacking something. I think if he can kind of pick up some pockets of space and, and maybe take advantage of the you know the poor work rate and the, the possible fatigue in the middle, um, he, he could do a job in all fairness. So I mean I'll probably say those two I suppose Party playing as well could could make a difference, um, you know, in that midfield, you know, with our guys not playing well. Um, but yeah, I reckon it's 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 kind of going to be in the middle or out wide um, for either side is going to be the, the key battles in all finish. You know, obviously it could be Grealish or Saka, and in the midfield, it, you know, it could be maybe Barkley, Smith Rowe, or, or Party that that could turn up and, and kind of um, change the game.
2: Before I come to the last couple of questions and a prediction between you both, I want to ask you this. This is a great question from Don Arsenal. Chris, would you swap Grealish for Bakayi Saka?
1: No. I, I like Saka. I, re, I really like him. I rate him as a player. But he's, he's, he's nowhere near level that uh, Grealish is. I mean, obviously, Saka's done it. He's only done it, what, it's his first season? Second season, is it? It's, you know, it's his first full season. Um, and he's playing well. But, you know, Grealish has done it for a number of years. Obviously, I know he had a few seasons in the Championship, but no, sorry.
2: Fair play. Ken, let's come to you. Um, how do we beat this Aston Villa side, mate? Because the first half against Wolves, they were poor Wolves, don't get me wrong, but we were absolutely brilliant to watch. So I believe an early goal will start to kick the nerves for Aston Villa. We might be able to go all the way. and we get through past this team with three points, Ken?
0: Uh, first thing we do, we've got to start starting the front foot the tempo has to be very high and we have to be destructors. In order to to win the football match, we have to win the midfield and win it pretty easily because once we get past that midfield, we've got to be able to run and put pressure on, on that back four. back four. If we can do that constantly and play at the high pace that we played against Wolves, then I think we could take the game away from Villa in the first 45 minutes. But that's if we put our chances away. If we let Villa get on the front foot, then we've got a big. It's going to be a long day for us. We could re, sort of reclaim claim that and back, it was really, really hard. You know, we we've had a good look at Villa. We know what they're good what they're good at and what they can do, but what are they like when teams start on the front foot with them? Because I've seen a lot of teams start slowly against them, and and much and that is in turn been to the, to the, the their opposition's detriments. I still don't know how Villa lost against Burnley. I don't know. I still, I still scratch my head and say, a team that's has to be able to play so in that first half at Turf Moor, for them to lose, is something that, I don't know, man, you'll have to watch the game three or four times to convince yourself that Villa lost that game. But, but what Burnley did wrong in that first half was let Villa get on that front foot. Let Greenish get the ball and enjoy himself. We can't let that happen. We let Greenish enjoy himself, and you know Watkins has got his shooting boots on, and McGinn's, you know, looking at bigger picture, using the brain that he has in terms of being Villa's brain. We we could suffer greatly, so we have to stop him from playing.
2: I think we do indeed um, Matt, Matthew De Sizer has said Dan sorry if you've touched on this already but who will be our centre-backs tomorrow Pablo Maria is back in training and David Luiz is suspended I think it will be Gabriel and Holding personally um, Chris let's come to you quickly um, how do you think you will try to take three points from us because that's what obviously you're going to try and go for tomorrow um, what do you see happening
1: I think we need to I think Kenny's bang on. In all fairness, that it happened against West Ham, we we played on the back foot for some reason. We kind of allowed West Ham to mm-hmm. to play on the front foot, and and they just came at us. And I think how we set up, we invited that pressure on with Barkley playing a bit deeper, um, and it and it wasn't good. So I think we have to play on the front foot. So that would that would mean pushing Barkley up a bit higher, and just get those pressures up. Just just kind of do what we've done all season, what we did at the Emirates. We play higher, uh, you know, kind of have the confidence in the, the, you know, the defenders and the guys just in front to to break up play when need be. Because I think at the Emirates, Louise McGinn did well, and if it got past them, you know, Conza and Mings had good games. Um, just kind of uh, almost have the just have the confidence in our ability. I don't know what it was against West Ham, whether we we were scared of them, so we sat a bit deeper. But we need to play on the front foot, push forward against West Ham. For some reason, it was it was like last season in terms of. No one knew what to do if if they couldn't give the ball to Jack Grealish. It was like it was scared. Whereas in other games, you know, sometimes you've got, you know, John McGinn, you've got Ross Barkley, you know, they'll they'll take it on themselves and think, do you know, what? I'm the man. You know, we don't need Jack, I'm the man. Whereas against West Ham, it was like, oh, what, what do we need to pass it to Jack Grealish? And obviously he can't, a lot of the time he does it, he can't do it on, on his own. So I think the other guys just need to step up, need to be a much more progressive um, and, and it, you know, as Sunday league as it is, we've got to put the work in. We really have got to work hard. I think, you know, especially you said, Dan, you know, the, the team that we would likely to play is a decent side, you know, on paper. And those players have all played well this season. So if we put the work in, we've got the quality there to to get three points. Um, it's going to be a tough one, I think, you know, as we've said, I think you know, someone mentioned in the comments Grealish against um, Hector Bellerin. That, you know that's that's going to be a, a key battle. Yes. Same as what I mentioned before, Saka against Target as well. So it's going to be interesting. I think <clears throat> he's he's kind of key to who can get into the game earliest. I think obviously who who takes the the kind of takes the advantage, who gets forward first. Because if you know if you guys put the pressure on us the way we've been recently, we could kind of crumble. Um, but I'm ho- hoping it's going to be the other way around
2: fair play um, I think me and Kenny have probably answered this question because I think both of us would take Jack Grealish from your side and I'll come to Kenny to make sure that is the case but Chris if you could pick one current Arsenal player on form to put into that Villa side who would you go with
1: What's well, a tough one that is um, I mean on form I suppose makes it a bit tougher I suppose naturally you'd, you'd probably say Aubameyang. Um obviously he's not having a great season um, I'd have to say Saka. I just think him him on the right, Grealish on the left. You know, good combination going forward. I think he would be you know really good, and I think those guys would link up well. Um, so yeah, I'd have to, I'd have Saka because he's playing so well,
2: he's in good form. Fair play. Um, I'm going with Jack Grealish. Kenny, what about yourself? One Aston Villa player to pick in this Arsenal side. Would you go well... with Grealish or someone else?
0: Well the obvious one is Jack Greaves because of the things that the, the way I built him up and say he could play Spain and Italy. But for me, if I was to look at uh I like there's something about Ollie Watkins. There's something about his pace. There's something about his ability to play with his back to goal and to work hard in the channels and score goals. There's something about him I'm thinking, you know what? The devil in me thinks, you know, if you know so that was to you know uh, Lacker and he decides that he wants to go play for Atlético Madrid. Why not? Why not? Why, not why, why doesn't the Arsenal fan come to his club of his birth? You know, I know he's from like the southwestern and Ex- Exeter and all those. You know that area, but he's an Arsenal fan. Come home, come home, son.
2: There we go. Can you hear it here, Ollie Watkins? You've heard it from Kenny Ken. Come home. <laughs> I must say, someone's put something in the chat, which I actually saw, actually, that Ian Wright was interviewing Saka and Saka said that while on England duty, Jack Greedish was the best player by far. And they are very close. Just saying, Chris. They're very, very close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, <there you> go. <laughs> uh, we're going to go around and do predictions. Kenny, we're going to start with you. What do you think the score is going to be tomorrow, my friend?
0: We start fast. We win 3-1.
2: Okay, let's that's, let that's, that's hope that's mate. That's very optimistic, but I would take that one hundred percent. Chris, what do you reckon, mate?
1: Um, like I, I said it last night, I, I got a feeling two nil. To you or to us? Two 0 to Villa. Yeah, I think I think being at home <laughs> probably. I think I think Dean Smith and the guys would have given him a, a kick up the backside after the West Ham game. I think we'll get back to to winning ways. Two nil. Fair
2: enough. That leaves me. OK, I'm going to say this now. The Wolves' defeat is going to have affected us massively and we have shifted the mentality with the transfer window. We've got rid of the Kalasanaks, the Mustafis, the Socrates, the Ozil. And I want to see now the mentality of this squad. And I think we're going to bounce back from the defeat at Wolves' because we're going to be angry about the way that we lost that game. And I think we're going to nick it 2-1. It's going to be hard. I think Jack Greenish is going to give Bellerin a hold in a torrid time, as he did at the Emirates. But I fancy us to nick this one, because I think we're going to try and keep it as uh, tight as we can, because we know what Villa can do. They're a great side this season. They're a great outfit. But their form hasn't been great. It's probably a good time to beat them. I just want to see this side come out and show us what they've got. So I'm going to go for 2-1 to the Arsenal. Chris... Thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on, mate. And we'll always welcome you on this channel. How can people follow you, mate?
1: Nice one, Dan. Anytime. You know You know me. You know I enjoy coming on your channel. Um, Twitter and Instagram, we're at Villa Together. Um, you can find us on YouTube if you search Villa Together Podcast. And um, we're also, you can listen to our podcasts via Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or all the usual uh, podcast providers.
2: Great stuff, Chris, and thank you once more for coming on. And thank you, Kenny. Kenny, there's no there, I, listen. I love having you on the channel, man. It's absolute pleasure as always. And you've sorted your Wi-Fi out. You've stayed have on. I... There's been no. There's been no no, 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 no problems. No, 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 no drama.
0: Don't say that. Don't, don't, don't say that. me Wi-Fi, so I want that. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me on one condition. I did not approach Jose Mourinho last season. I may have watched <laughs> him at Arsenal Manager. But Arsenal Football Club invited him as their guest of honor to the Europa League matches and made an offer to Jose to, to, to become my manager if, in the event of Uno Emory sacking. But the reason why they didn't come off, because Spurs got there first. You want to have a go at someone? Have a go at Finlay. Go to America and have a go at Josh. If you want to have a go at anyone else, go and have a go at Rao. I know we've sacked him, but have a go at him anyway and take your frustrations out on him, not me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kenny, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for coming on, man. And I will see you uh, next time. Guys in the chat, thank you all so much. Over 200 of you watching at one point tonight. Thanks all so much. i would be very, very much appreciated if you can like and subscribe if you have not done so already. Please like this channel. We are trying to grow it as much as possible. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll be back Mondays and Fridays and we will see you next time. Up the Arsenal. Come on, you goons.